The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. So glad you're with us. Boy, I'll tell you, we've been working hard this week putting together some fantastic tips and tricks and ideas that we're going to share with you um, while while you're with us here on the radio show. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and you are at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. Hey, coming up this hour, we're going to be talking about frost on the inside of a window and door. You thought you were cold? Wait till you hear this story. Also, new organization ideas for your workshop and garage, drainage issues. Boy, we've had a lot of rain in a lot of different areas of the country. People are discovering that maybe that minor drainage problem is a little bit worse than what they thought. Also, one of the worst things and worst repairs I've ever done is repairing a water line under a concrete slab. What do you do there? Joe, what about that simple solution coming up? Give us just a little idea of what we might find. All right, Danny, I've been doing some interior painting lately, so I thought I'd share an interior painting tip on conditioning a new paint roller, which is something most people do not do um, prior to applying the paint. And if you do this simple solutions, the paint will come out much, much better. See, that's one of those things that all the pros do, and you might not ever ever realize uh, what a great thing that can be to really help you have that professional-looking paint job. You know what? We want to hear from you because that's what we do. We want to help you with any challenge that you may have around your home. A lot of people love to send us emails, and we certainly love to get them. You can send us one right now by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or pick up the phone and call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The Today's Homeowner hotline number is 800-946-4420. Of course, we love to get messages and engagement with you through Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. We always are appreciative of those, and we do do our very best every week to answer as many calls as we possibly can. Joe, just hearing things occasionally on the news a few days ago talking about banning gas stoves throughout the country. Of course, I've heard that having a gas stove that caught my attention. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Of course, the banning it, but they're really starting to regulate because uh, apparently they have some medical proof that it is causing some big problems with children's asthma conditions. Uh-huh. So, you know, you never, you, you know, you can never rest. I mean, you know, every, right. <laughs> almost every week, something they're questioning whether or not it's healthy. So we'll, keep monitoring that as far as the the gas and uh, what's happening with all of that. You know, I imagine by now, this uh, three weeks into the new year, um, a lot of people are going, man, I've really stuck to those resolutions and and I've really started uh, really working on my house and doing a few things. Others may need a little nudge. You know how it is every year. And you and I have always been on the same page of, eh, let's just don't make some big proclamation. Let's try to keep those resolutions going all year long. Well, I remember last year we um, were talking about resolutions. I did a little research and found out that by, I think the date was, was January 14th or 15th, most people already given up on it. They didn't, <laughs> even, they didn't even get through the first month. Within two weeks, it's like, well, maybe I'll be working out once a week instead of three times a week. 
And then I guess by the middle of the month, I've given up altogether. But yeah, I mean, resolutions, you and I have both, I think, are similar in that if there's something we want to do, you know, we're just going to do it. You know, we're not yeah, going to decide, we're going to wait till January 1st to do something. So uh, yeah, because what's the point? And the same thing with home, home improvement. I mean, if you're going to start on something, and I've, I've procrastinated on some projects, but I keep pushing through. And, you know, how, how many months did I talk about that bay window I was putting in? I'm yeah, finally no. in. And I finally trimmed it out and it's finally done. But once it's done, I tell everybody this. If you're doing a remodeling project at your house, it's going to take longer than you could possibly imagine. It's going to cost more. But once it's done, all those memories disappear almost immediately. That's right. That's right. Right? Almost immediately. But if the quality and you rush through it and the quality's not there and you've got a leaky bay window or you drive up, you go, oh, man, I wish I'd have moved that thing over two inches. That's what what stays with you. The the little challenge sometimes, though it is kind of a tough road sometimes, uh, to get a project done, you'll forget about that because you'll really enjoy. And that's the way it is pretty much with any project at all. And speaking of projects, you know, we always – uh, you know, talk about kitchens. And of course, kitchens are yep. one of the things. And, um, you know, during the first part of the year, they usually do announce a few surveys here and there. I found one from House that uh, uh, said a few things here. I was a uh, not completely surprised at, but, um, and of course, I'm going to the Kitchen and Bath Industry show soon. I'll hear really all of the national trends there, but people are looking, 92% of the people that are planning kitchen remodeling are looking for some real eco-friendly features. So, you know, things like the more energy-saving appliances, uh, LED lights. Of course, if they have a window, when they're remodeling uh, your kitchen, a lot of times that's a great time to go ahead and change out that window if you want to. And also, fixtures that save money. Again, not a surprise, but that awareness and that 92% of people are conscious of that. I'd say that's a a lot of progress we've made over the years. Yeah, they're saying eco-friendly, but every one of these, whether it's energy-saving appliances, LED lights, more efficient windows, conserving water, it's really saving money too. Um, And that might be the driving factor here. Even a minor kitchen renovation shot up 40% and the cost shot up into $14,000. So you're talking about, and this is a minor kitchen. This isn't replacing all the cabinets and countertops um, and you're at 14,000. And if if you want to replace the appliances and cabinets and counters, it it jumps to a median price of 45,000. So we're talking about serious amount of money that, you know, many homeowners probably have to take out a loan you know, a home equity loan or something else to, to pay for these. So, yeah, so they're, while they're eco-friendly, they're also saving them money, which is a, and this is a great uh, type of project to save money on because there are so many facets to a kitchen, right? It's not just one thing you're doing. You're changing maybe 10 different things. Yeah, one of the things, though, of course, is uh, it is a little more complicated in the supply and demand issues in making sure that you line everything up. I know you want to get in there and start tearing those cabinets out. Make sure you have something to replace it, particularly appliances or something that's still taking a long, long time to, to be able to get your hands on those. Another thing that's still fairly popular are the open floor plans. They're talking about in this that 40% of the homeowners that are going to renovate their kitchens are still opting for cook spaces that are open to the rest of the interior. And that's up 38% over the previous year. So that idea of opening up the space, still a very strong trend. And like I've said many times in all of the hundreds of projects I've done over the years, Joe, I really think I've torn down more walls than I've actually built. Yeah, I think, I'm not even sure why some people still prefer an enclosed kitchen. I think the biggest reasons are they want to hide the mess 
and the mm-hmm. and, and and all the the, the goings on from their guests or from the rest of the house. Um, but a vast majority of people want that open. Now, the only advantage that I can think of of enclosing it is when you put up that wall. Of course, you have another wall to hang cabinets or put in a counter or, or whatever else you, you need to put in. So, if you have a kitchen that's enclosed and you're tearing down a wall that has cabinets on it. Take that into account because those cabinets are going as well. Uh, I guess if you make it a peninsula, then, you know, you probably you can have the bottom cabinets at least. Mm-hmm. And also when you talk about the outside finish of cabinets, what are most people choosing? Well, white is still the dominant choice by 40%. That's surprising, I thought. Yeah, it is. It is. And But the thing about it is um, just like in uh, Chelsea's recently remodeled uh, kitchen, which turned out fantastic, uh, boy, she was she used one color over here and one color over there. And when you first see it, you go, oh, man, somebody made a mistake here. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> D- Danny must have been involved. <laughs> and then you kind of look at it a little bit and go, okay, I get it. You know, you, you yeah, want to separate yeah. that a little bit. It's it's like the trend that started many years ago of making a statement with your island cabinet and painting right. it a exactly. completely different color, um, you know, like a blue. Blue represents 24% of those uh, people that are choosing to do something different with their kitchen island. And gray, yeah. which is was really big for a long time, was 15% of those. And uh, so, you know, but, you know, conservative people most of the time just want everything the same. And it's your kitchen, your personality. That's right. It's the hub of family life. Make it look just like you want it to look. Think about resale. Also think about the efficiency and the importance of that kitchen triangle and all of those little design factors. Um, You want it to look good, but more than anything, you want it to function very, very well. With just a few little stats from the uh, recent house survey, a lot more of that to come as I return from the Kitchen and Bath Industry Show uh, in a few weeks. I'll be able to share with you a few other things that I've heard out there. But right now, we're rolling up our sleeves, getting ready for a great today's homeowner radio show where we're going to share with you some information I guarantee you you can use at your house. You're listening to today's homeowner radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. We're so proud to be on some amazing radio stations all over this great country. Over 350 of them, including WKWY 102.7 FM in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. Hello to everybody there in that neck of the woods. And we want to hear from you to help you out with any challenge you might be having around your house. Just head over to todayshomeowner.com slash ask and send us an email anytime, or you can pick up the phone on the Today's Homeowner hotline, 800-946-4420. That's exactly what Julie did, calling in from a very cold Wyoming. Julie, welcome to the show. Glad we got you inside, warmed up a little bit. Tell us what's going on there around your house. Hi. Well, during this last cold snap, we had around negative 36 below actual Ooh. temperature. Wow. And, and during that time, I noticed my windows. At, this is a brand-new house we're in. I noticed my windows and doors were freezing up on the inside. And the the windows we went with were a, a good quality, you know, brand name. And I was surprised. I didn't think I would be seeing that. Oh, I, I'm surprised, too. And I see the pictures that you sent, Julie, and... That's pretty amazing, and uh, it's even more amazing that you say that it's a uh, a new house because 
one of the things that we would suspect here is some, you know, obsolete doors or windows, you know, that are just kind of worn out, has too much air infiltration, that kind of thing. But Joe, looking at the pictures, and, and you're the, the frost expert there. You've been living yeah. there uh, in, in that kind of a environment your whole life. What do you think uh, Julie should do here? What's she facing? Yeah, Julie, I live in New England. It not, doesn't quite get to 30 below, 36 below. That, that's really extreme. Um, but actually, I'm not surprised because it is a new house, because new houses are so energy efficient, and the windows are so energy efficient, and the doors and everything else, that an older house or a house that might not be built as energy, energy efficient as yours, some of that humidity inside would escape. Now, that's mm-hmm. terrible for your energy efficiency of your home, but it does prevent the condensation from forming on the inside. And it's just moist indoor air hitting a cold surface, so it becomes condensation. And in extreme cases like yours where the temperature drops below freezing, that condensation can freeze. Now you have ice on the inside of your house. All right, so what causes the indoor air to be so moist? Why is the humidity so high inside your house? could be several reasons. If you have a humidifier, it might be set on too high. If you're not using an exhaust vent fan after showering, if you're boiling lots of water and that's releasing vapor into the air. People have said if you have a lot of house plants, they're always admitting vapor. If there are a lot of people in the house, a single adult, I remember researching this, a single adult breathes out one and a half to two liters of moisture every day. So all that moisture has got to go somewhere, right? So if you have Mm -hmm. a really energy efficient house, as you probably do, since it's built in Wyoming and it's relatively new, it's probably not breathing very much. And I say, okay, so now what do you do? Typically the, the solution is ventilation and insulation. And in extreme cases, you'd have to install a a dehumidifier, a a, a whole house dehumidifier. Um, So I assume your house is probably pretty well insulated, but maybe not not ventilating as much. The first thing you need to do, I think, and would be the least expensive, is to make sure you're venting any moisture, you know, running your your, um, stove has a vent hood, I assume. Do you know that that vents to the outside? It doesn't. That, oh, that, well, there's um, one part. Not, there's one part, <laughs> That's right? something we didn't get done. Okay. Well, that that's now. There's never really one thing. Like it's not just boiling water is causing all this problem. It might be causing one problem in one room, but if you add up three or four of these little things, you know, end up with the situation you have, which is condensation on all on many windows and doors. You know, you'd have to exhaust that. I assume you have vent fans in your bathrooms that exhaust to the outside, so you want to confirm we that. Do, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody's building a house and just letting it dump that that moisture into the attic. So, but um, there that, is that, one question we do yeah, have: sure. the, we have a full basement, and it is it's pretty much unfinished. And okay. there is for future there is a space that was left open to the ground. The rest is cemented but there's um, oh. there's probably a maybe like a four foot by five foot area that's open that to the ground it so you're talking about the floor over. the floor is yes. just dirt yes yeah wonder, just in a spot i wonder why four by five foot area would just be dirt but in any case yeah moisture is going to be coming up out of there i'm not again it only takes a few of these little things that in and of itself wouldn't be causing these problems but it might be adding to it there's certainly no reason i would just cover it with plastic at this point Get some heavy plastic, maybe even two sheets, cover that entire area, tape it down to the walls and to the floor, the concrete floor adjacent to it, and that will certainly help. 
And another thing that we always recommend is a very simple um, hygrometer. I mentioned this so many times on the show. I think people must think I'm invested in the <laughs> in this <laughs> in this category, but um, it's just a very simple little digital device that'll tell you exactly what the percentage of relative humidity you have in your home. That kind of takes the guesswork away from it because if it's over fifty percent, that's definitely the problem and can cause a lot of issues with mold and mildew and other situations there. So I would I would get a, a hygrometer and check that out. That'll take the guesswork away from you. Okay, great. Well, usually in Wyoming, it's pretty dry, so I'm, but um, I will have to pick up one of those Good. and see where we're at. Yeah, you might be really surprised when you walk around your house with that hygrometer. And it will, like Danny said, it will target areas. One area might be 40%, and then you go into another area and suddenly it's 60. And I was like, well, now we know where the trouble is. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, Julie, thanks so much for being with us here on today's Homeowner Radio. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope things warm up a little bit for you there. Thank you. Okay. You take care. Yeah, that's a that's a lot to deal with. And I yeah. think you pinpointed it between several little sources like that. Then it's trapping that hot, moist air in that house. Exactly. And uh, that's yeah. why you got to have that ventilation. Let's go to the email stack real quick here. You can okay. send us one anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This came in from California. Barry asked, we have a steep driveway that slopes down from the road toward our backyard. After a heavy rainstorm, water runs down the driveway and floods my yard. It's now a soggy, muddy mess back there. What can I do to keep this from happening? And he asked, should I install a French drain? Well, um, French drains, as I've mentioned many times over the years, is such a, a misused term so many times. Drain, yes. French drain, probably not. Because a French drain is more for slow, passive type of drainage. Uh, It's underground. It's got gravel around it. Water comes to that point, drops down in the pipe, and moves to a safe location. But when you have something like this, when you're talking about a heavy rainstorm, you got to have something that can really handle that. And normally that comes with what's called a trench drain. And a trench drain is much like it, uh, the name says, it's just a little little trough. Uh, you see them a lot of times on a smaller version around swimming pools to route the water away from the the swimming pool surface. But when you're talking about landscape issues like that, you may step up to one that's six inches wide, six or 12 inches deep, and it has a little grate over the top. It's usually painted green to try to blend in. And you can put that in the end at the end of your driveway. When that water's coming down, it catches it and quickly moves it to a safe place where you won't have erosion and you won't have it contributing additional water to your backyard. But um, those kind of things, Joe, we sure do hear about that a lot. And uh, there's always a landscape company in town that kind of specializes in drainage. And uh, boy, they have some great tricks up their sleeves. Yeah. The rule to remember is a French drain is used for when water is pooling on a surface. But when water's running off a hardscape, meaning a driveway, as in Mary's case, or a road or patio or anything like that, then you need a trench drain, which is also called a channel drain in some parts of the country, by the way. So if you go looking for a trench drain and you don't see anything, try channel drain. Uh, Sometimes it's called that as well. All right, Kay, coming up, we're going to be talking about an organizational system that can help you a lot get organized. A lot of people think about that during this time of the year. Uh, Even my wife is organizing closets, Joe. It's quite the phenomenon around here. Yeah, Yeah, the question is, is she organizing her closets or your closets? Because the last time my wife organized my closet, I had to go shopping because half my clothes were gone. 
Well, th- this is, you know, some other storage in the house, which means the organization is a, cre- is a result of here's all your stuff that was in that closet here. You need to do something with it. So it complicates things elsewhere. Hey, we're going to take a short break here on today's homeowner radio. And when we come back, we've got a lot of information to share with you and a lot more problems people are having because it's so cold in different areas of the country. We're going to help them out when we come back here on today's homeowner radio. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. And it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know, the difficult thing about having a lot of tools is keeping up with them. Some people have a great organizational systems for the garage or shop, but that goes out the window when they need their tools somewhere else. A good truck box is handy, but who wants to walk to the truck every time you need a tool? So, Rigid recognized that and designed the 2.0 gear system to keep your gear organized wherever you go. In a shop, you can install the system wall hanging mounts on 16-inch centered studs and hang each box directly on the wall, saving you a lot of space there. When you leave the shop, a padlock keeps the tools you, you have nice and safe, and a water and dust seal keeps them clean and dry. Inside, integrated organizers keep small parts at hand and removable utility trays a Perfect solution for bringing only the tools you need to your job site. Whether you're working as a pro or whether you're just doing a few do-it-yourself projects around the house, this rigid 2.0 Pro Gear System 22-inch long toolbox is available at Home Depot. Check it out at Home Depot. Dot com. It's always a good thing to do during this time of the year. Get a little yeah. organized, and, and that makes all those projects go a lot better. We were doing some taping out on one of Chelsea's, um, well, at Chelsea's house this week. Right. And uh, I started seeing all kinds of tools that really looked familiar. But she, <laughs> she she dug in her heels and said it was hers that she bought them. I said, yeah, you bought them with my credit card. No, yeah. I bought them on my own. So, <laughs> Hey, let's go right back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. You can call us anytime, 800 900 4420. We have Jay on the line. Jay, welcome to the show and uh, tell us what's going on around your house there. Hey, Danny and Joe. I, I thought I'd give you a call about a problem I'm having. It's a little weird. I seem to be having condensation that's forming in the metal dryer vent. It's causing water to drip back into the dryer. The vent's about, I don't know, 20 feet long or so and uh, it exhausts up to the outdoors. I think the condensation may be coming from human air in the attic, but uh, I'm really not sure how to how to deal with this. What, what do you guys think? Anytime you have a vent, particularly a dryer vent, exhaust vent, anything, the shorter path to the outside, the better. And without a doubt, that dryer vent has to be going to the outside. Now, if it's running vertically, that's a lot of work for that thing to push it even five feet, much less 20 feet. So, um, Jay, it comes um, from the back of your dryer. It goes straight up. Yeah, it, it goes It goes up. But I'm just kind of thinking about where it's positioned. You know, is there a way I could possibly, you know, reroute it so that it's not vertical and not as long? That, that, that could be a thought. And does the vent go all the way to the outside, go pass through the attic to the outside of the house? That, that is correct, yes. 
Well, that's good. I'll tell you what I did at a house I had um, before. I had a heck of a problem with the dryer vent. Originally, it was put under the slab, and it was about 35 or 40 feet away, and it just would not dry clothes ever. So I put, uh, I made it vertical, and it helped a little bit, but when I put an inline booster fan, I'm telling you, it was a game changer. It immediately reduced the running time of the dryer by 50%. Now, you know that equates to a lot of money. So you could put this just right in the attic. Or just cut your vent there, and it goes on the bottom, and the other one goes on the top. You wire it up, and it automatically comes on and boosts the exhaust anytime your dryer turns on. So it's just very, very simple to install, not that expensive to, to buy the unit. And uh, I guarantee you, uh, it works amazingly well. That's a great idea. And it's specifically designed for this purpose. Exactly. It's an inline dryer vent booster and a lot of different brand names out there. But I I was, yeah, I I was a big fan of it because a lot of people have problems and they put up with them. And there's just, you know, it it just... uh, is not necessary. You don't have to put up with another thing about vertical venting. You'll have a lot more of a chance of lint accumulating in that vent, which is a, is a pretty dangerous fire hazard as well. But I would uh, I would Google that and see um, you know what you have around there, and probably an air conditioning company or a plumbing company would be able to install it if you don't want to you know um, get involved in it and have to have an electrician to find a little bit of wiring in there. But uh, I guarantee it works very very well. All right, Danny, that's that's great advice, man. I didn't even know they existed, so I'm going to check it out. Thank you. Hey, Jay, hey Jay, I just want to add one other thing. The reason that, as Danny said, this is a relatively common problem with dryer vents that are long, and yours is pretty long at 20 feet, what happens is the hot, moist air leaving the dryer cools off before it gets uh, to the end of that duct. Uh-huh. And that's what creates a condensation. Um, so right. the other thing you could do is insulate the duct. Get some really good insulation as much as you can and insulate that duct and see if that keeps that warm air warm until at least can get to the end of that run and get out of the house. But if that doesn't work, then absolutely the booster fan's the way to go. Yeah, great. Okay, thanks, Joe. Appreciate All it. Right. All right, Jay, we appreciate it, and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Yeah, that's one of the things. You know, there's so many little products that are out there. That's one of the advantages um, that we find when we go to these trade shows, you know, we're, right. um, you know, as you know, Joe, uh, the international builder show used to be a gigantic show and the kitchen and bath industry show was pretty big. The national hard show hardware show is legendary, been around yeah. for many, many years. Now they're putting all three of these shows together. Um, and of course, all of the trade shows are ending up in Las Vegas there. They can handle such a large crowd. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. First of all, it's cool because you see all these different things that are being introduced. Many of them have been introduced um, at this show but not to the general public yet. So a little bit of a crystal ball feel there when you get in there and see some of the things. And I particularly love the innovation area where, you know, you have one little secluded area, um, no cameras are are, are allowed in there. And you basically kind of do a quick little tour um, and you have people kind of watching you so that you're not over there taking pictures and measuring someone else's inventions. But it says some clever minds out there. And this time, this pandemic and this time uh, that people have had, um, you know, where they've kind of had a little more time on their hands, hopefully that's going to really result in a lot of new products that we'll be able to see. Yeah. And the great thing is you see it all under one roof, one rather large roof, of course, you walk for days, um, <laughs> but but uh, you do get to see it all in one roof where before we used to leave, we just have to leave home and go to three different 
Ah, conventions and three different times a year. I actually remember when there was in Chicago, there was a hardware show. There was also called a home center show. That's right. I remember that. Just things Mm -hmm. covered in home centers. That's when home centers were relatively new, of course. All right. You're listening to today's homeowner radio. We're going to take a short little break and when we come back, we're going to give you some things to give you some ideas on how you can really make a big difference on your kitchen cabinets. You're listening to today's homeowner radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio, the number one place for practical, realistic home improvement tips. Call anytime, 800-946-4420. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Have you signed up for the Today's Homeowner e-newsletter? We'll send it to you free of charge each and every week. The latest information, seasonal things you need to think about, and a few ways that you can really save money around your home. Again, it's completely free, and to get it coming to your inbox each week, all you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletters. We also want to encourage you to uh, give us a call here on the Today's Homeowner Hotline, 800-946-4420. That's what Mildred did from New York. Mildred, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us about these cabinets that you're thinking about in this renovation. Oh, hi, Danny. Yeah, we're renovating our kitchen. You know, it's expensive, and the budget doesn't really allow for new cabinets, so we're kind of thinking of refinishing them by sanding, you know, maybe repainting, but then, I don't know, I heard about maybe refacing the cabinets, and I was just curious what the difference is between refinishing and refacing, and, and which one would you recommend? Well, you know, we did a, a show a few years ago where we featured a company, a, kind of a franchise company, that resurfaced the cabinets, and the before and after picture looked tremendous. I mean, it it took a really beat-up cabinet and made a big difference on it. However, when I found out how much it cost, I started questioning, that's not a whole lot of difference between that and brand-new cabinets. So, that's the only thing that I a concern I have is it is expensive. And when you put the thin, thin veneer over the wood, you know, cabinets in a kitchen get a lot of abuse. And I can't help but think that at some point there might be a little bit of chipping of that veneer that could possibly take place. And Joe, I haven't really read anything negative about refacing other than it costs more than most people think. Yeah. Refacing for people, Mildred, the main difference is that refinishing involves, as you know, removing the existing cabinet doors and drawer faces, then sanding or stripping off the finish. And then you have an option of applying a new finish, either paint Mm -hmm. or stain. A lot of people are taking off the paint and putting new paint or taking off Mm -hmm. the paint and to bare wood and then staining it. And you do that to all the doors and drawer faces, and then the cabinets themselves. But with refacing, you, know, you basically are you're removing the old doors and drawer faces, and you're replacing them with brand new ones. What that means, though, as Danny said, you have to then do something with the cabinets. So you have to either veneer them and stain them or paint them to match the mm, new components, mm, mm-hmm. um, which is why that's more expensive because you're buying all these new products instead of just reusing what you have. I'm not sure if you're talking about DIY project here or hiring a pro, but unless you're a pretty experienced um, DIY or refacing is probably a job you should do hire a pro for um, because again, there are a lot of components and you know how to size them exactly right. Um, Refinishing. And Danny's the guy to have asked this question because how Mm -hmm. many kitchens have you refinished and replaced Danny? Dozens and and dozens and hundreds, right? So um, 
I, I would, I mean, if you're comfortable with refinishing yourself and the cabinets, of course, are in good shape, meaning the doors aren't all cracked and split or something, mm. I, I would try refinishing them. You can always reface them at some point. Um, so I think I would consider refinishing. Go to todayshomeowner.com. You'll find lots of videos and instruction on how to do that safely and easily. It's certainly a lot cheaper, Mildred, than replacing them all or even refacing. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be uh, surprised at what a difference it makes in your kitchen. And at least it buys you a few years if you then decide to redo all of the cabinets or go for the refacing. Either way, um, doing this, it doesn't cost you a lot of money. It's a little step-by-step that you go through, and it'll make you feel a lot better about that kitchen for a while. Well, it really needs it, so um, <laughs> I'm motivated <laughs> now. Thank you so much. Good. Our pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us, Mildred. Okay. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye. Hey, going to the email stack here and see if we okay. can, uh, we're going to try to get as many of these in as we can. This came in from Ryan in Ohio. Hi, Danny and Joe. We recently bought a house and we're in the process of changing the flooring when we found water underneath the old tile. There appears to be a leak under the slab. Where do I turn from here and who do I even call? Well, I tell you, you know, um, I'd get on the phone to a number of plumbers and just um, you'll find one that has done a lot of these projects. You may also get a recommendation on a, uh, a leak detection service. These are companies that go out with these very, very sensitive um, uh, listening devices that they put along the slab and they can hear that water sizzling. They also have infrared type of uh, um, instruments and so forth so that they can tie that area down exactly where the leak is. But um, uh, but then the fun starts, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finding the leaks, one thing. Yeah, what they often do, Danny, is they pump air through the lines. And with these specialized listening devices that Danny mentioned, they actually hear the, the air shooting through the pipe. But okay, so now we know where the leak is. Now what? How do you get to it? Well, there's no clean or silent way to do that. You basically have to chop it out, chop out the concrete. And, you know, they have saws and tools that can actually do that. Um, but there's no other solution. They have to cut it out and then make the repair. And if you're lucky, you only have one section that's leaking. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Because a lot of times if you have, if you know, and hopefully it's not a breakdown or a deficiency in the piping, which right, can happen. Yeah. And also some of the water can be very corrosive. So hopefully uh, what you'll find is uh, something very, very simple and very isolated and something that won't reoccur. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, it's simple solution time. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear this one. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Every week we bring you a simple solution. Joe has done a fantastic job over the last 20 plus years putting together these great little nuggets of information. Joe, what do you have for us on this hour? Well, thank you, Danny. This has to do with interior painting, which I think a lot of people are doing. In fact, I've got two rooms that I painted recently. And this tip is what to do before using a brand new paint roller. It's important to condition the roller so that it will spread paint evenly and smoothly. Because if you take a brand new roller sleeve, just pull it out of the package, put it on the roller frame and start rolling, the roller is so dry, it takes a while for it to soak up enough paint that it can then apply the paint. Because the first few rolls, the, the roller itself is just too dry. So here's what you do. Get a, a plant mister, some kind of little bottle with a sprayer on the end, fill it with water. You put the sleeve on the roller frame, you spin it and you spray it with some water and spin it and spray it again. You want to get it 
not sopping wet, but you want it pretty wet. And then dry spin it by hand just to remove any excess water. And what that does is it'll, it'll hydrate those fibers so that they then can accept the paint more readily. Then you can just start painting. And what you'll find is the dampened sleeve will immediately start applying the paint. You won't get that kind of dry, splotchy bit of paint on the wall. And you won't be waiting for those, for those fibers to eventually accept the paint. And you know, if you buy a good quality paint roller, which I would strongly recommend, and you clean it quickly as soon as you finish, of course, the um, conditioning actually helps, I think, um, the cleaning part of it. Because it, right. uh, yep. it keeps that paint from getting so deep into it. It allows it to flow very well. It's a great tip. And, and again, there's so many tips to help you paint like a pro and just make the just to make the job easier. Right. Um, and that's another great one right there. Head over to the dayshomeowner.com slash simple solutions and you can see over 550 video versions of simple solutions you'll be there all day long but when you're <laughs> when you look at a few of these and everything then they better get ready for you at the next little cocktail party you go to because that's don't right have so much information someone will say yeah i'm having trouble with that door well let me explain to you what you do on that particular door see it's <laughs> there a, you go. <laughs> a wealth of information speaking of wealth of information we certainly hope you have an opportunity to see the Today's Homeowner Television Show this weekend. Um, we're in 92% of the country, so very good chance that you will be able to see it this week. It's something we call a closet divided. Now, you got to be pretty adventurous when you're married to have the same closet or essentially the same closet space with just one wall down the middle. But the way the builders set up the um, the closets uh, are pretty standard for both sides. They're all the same. Well, people are different. Certainly husband and wives are different and the needs are different. Well, we customize this closet just for each of them. Chelsea helped the lady of the house. I helped the man of the house and everybody ended up very happy. I'd love for you to see the innovative laundry chute that that we put in that actually we were lucky that one of the walls were common to the washer and dryer area of the house. We were actually able to cut a hole in the wall, put a cabinet door on there and create a linen closet with a pass through for the, um, the dirty laundry. And uh, so it worked out very, very well. You'll have to see that along with some of the very simple ways that we took lumber and trim that you can go right to Home Depot and buy and created these really customized cabinets. So again, go to todayshomeowner.com and find out where you can see it in your area. And also, you know, we have over 500 episodes of the Today's Homeowner television show available right now for you to watch at todayshomeowner.com, or you can check them out on our YouTube channel. And also we have um, different um, shows airing on Exumo, Crackle, Tubi, Freevee, Pluto and Roku. So plenty of opportunities for you to check us out on TV. And we certainly appreciate you checking us out here on radio. That pretty much wraps up the first hour of today's homeowner radio. We certainly want to hear from you anytime that you'd like to reach out to us. You can send us that email at today's slash ask, or you can pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, call the today's homeowner hotline 800 946 4420. I'm Danny Lifford along with my co-host Joe Truini. Thank you so much for listening to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio.